So, starting, sorry about that edit, starting with the, uh, let's start to get to the 20. Upper left-hand corner inside the company, going across, uh, the top four things you have to do and measure and improve. And again, this would be uh, me talking to a CEO or a C-staff or, or some sort of senior leadership or even an innovation person. Uh, the first four across the top are innovation uh, mindset, metrics, map, and system. So let's talk about those again at a very top level. So the first thing I would say is, and this is also the order in which when I work with clients, I recommend working because at the same time, like this system is really the result of, you know, 10 plus years of work on this stuff. Um, and it, but it also reflects the, the best way to work with clients, I think. So as I say, the 20, it'll be in the order of, um, usually it's the exact same thing, the order in which it's best to work with companies and establish things and also then to measure. So that's the do and the measure part. And then we get to the improve by using this system. So the first one is mindset. Um, and again, you're getting ranked 1 to 10 uh, by your brain trust 250. And this is basically, for me, it's the first third of my presentation. It's what is innovation? Um, what is it not? How is it different from invention? Um, what stops innovation? How do you measure innovation? Where is innovation done? For example, a lot of my work is drawn from Silicon Valley, great historical innovators going back three and a half million years, and also Nobel Prize winners. Recently, uh, we started a project interviewing Nobel Prize winners for how they innovate, and we talked to 11 of them, so that research is ongoing. So the first box is basically, so again, I'm trying to keep a decent level of top level. So the first one is, how's the innovation mindset in the company? Uh, and again, um, training and presentations is a way to get that number up and keep that number up. So that's number one mindset. So once you've got a mindset uh, established in a company around innovation, which is difficult, but it can be done. The next thing is, uh, is metrics. And this is kind of a meta thing because you're asking people, how are we on metrics? And when they think about metrics, they should think about, well, this system itself, the one to 20, those are what I call universal metrics. Every organization should be doing these measuring and proof, but also the specific metrics. Of course, there are specific metrics for success in any particular industry or really company. So you're really asking people, how are we at innovation metrics, both the generic or universal ones in the 20-part system and also in general at measuring things? So again, there are ways to improve that score. Um, again, by using this 20-part um, universal uh, uh, met part system for innovation metrics and also um, for establishing uh, industry and company-specific metrics. So number two, going the next box to the right, uh, sorry, that'd be number three. So we've got mindset is one, and then metrics is two, and map is three, or landscape. And uh, I've covered this a lot in my talks. This is a specific way I recommend you do an innovation map or innovation landscape. And you're going to put everything on that map that's relevant to innovation inside your company in terms of customers, in terms of competition, and in terms of context, which is the world. Um, and so I think the order is proper because if a company or even if the executive team has an innovation mindset or at least going for that, then they have an understanding of metrics, universal and specific. Of course, the next thing would be, okay, let's put our stuff in there now. Let's do the innovation map. And this is something I jokingly say to CEOs, you update until every day, every week, really, till you retire. And things like, you know, the relevance of AI uh, at Autodesk, where I worked for more than 10 years, AI, uh, the, that essentially lived, if you would, um, in the world section of that map. And then it moved down to the company section because we started working on it. And now it's sort of, in a way, equidistant between company and customer uh, because, you know, customers are more interested in it. So the map, um, and again, there's a lot more detail about this. The map is the third thing to do and also to measure. You say to your people, how do you like the innovation map we have? And I like that that presupposes the idea that you have to have one. So you're asking people, is it clear? Do we have a clear visual about our innovation, um, our overall innovation, um, like, you know, GPS awareness inside the company, outside and where things are moving? 
That's number three. Now, once you have all three of those, the fourth thing is an innovation strategy. And the cool thing is the innovation strategy um, can, can derive and should derive somewhat from the map. And in fact, I don't think you can do an innovation strategy really without an innovation map. But there's also a technique we've discovered, discovered, developed, sort of discovered and developed, called the nine continuums of innovation strategy, um, where we uh, identify where the company is currently on each of those continuums, one to 10, where they want to be. Therefore, what's the delta for each of those continuums? And then the importance of that particular continuum to them is a simple way. You just multiply that out. And then when you get down to the corporate poetry of writing the strategy, you don't just have the politics and the interests of the highly placed people. You also have a sort of a DNA of, all right, but this is these are the nine continuums, et cetera, et cetera. So we have a way to do an innovation strategy. Hello. Happy holidays to everyone. This is Bill O'Connor, founder of the Innovation Agency, with what I believe is the 10th uh, edition of our podcast. Um, I am walking my dog, noted canine innovators in Zeno, in the hills of Mill Valley, just north of San Francisco. And I think this is a fitting topic uh, with which to wrap up the year. Um, it's certainly one of the things that I'm most excited about in my work and has really gotten some good traction with customers. Um, and that is the innovation system that we've developed here at the agency, and specifically the 20 uh, metrics of innovation. Uh, that's what composes the, uh, the system. So I'm going to give sort of a top-level um, overview of how and why we came up with it, and uh, what it's all about, why I think it works, and uh, how you might be able to potentially um, check it out and uh, hopefully use it for your company. So the basic idea is that, um, and this uh, is made clear by uh, a visual, it's called the Innovation System. You can find it on my LinkedIn profile, Bill O'Connor, the Innovation Agency on LinkedIn. Eventually, we're going to be building an online portfolio of these tools, uh, so you'll be able to find everything there. But for now, uh, as we're building that site, I'm hosting uh, a lot of things on my LinkedIn. So I'm imagining you're looking at the 20-part innovation system visual, and happily, uh, I've got it down to a one slide, which is really another way to look at it is the top level of a uh, digital dashboard. That's, what it, that's how it will live eventually. But I think it still works just conceptually. So I'm assuming you're looking at that. I will describe that in case uh, you don't have it right in front of you, but it's better to have it in front of you. So the basic idea is, and again, for a little background about me, for those of you who don't know me or my work that well, uh, I've been doing pretty much all day long, every day innovation work for the last 10 years. First 10 years at Autodesk in San Francisco where I started out with the Autodesk Innovation Genome Project, where we studied 350 innovations going back three and a half million years to uh, start arriving at some timeless uh, principles and uh, really timeless and universal principles for uh, innovation. And for the last two years, I've been doing my own innovation consulting work, now with the, uh, the Innovation Agency, and uh, really, this 20-part system is, in some ways, the, uh, the culmination of all of that work over the past 10 years. Um, and so, I guess I should make it clear, as someone who's really inveighed a lot against ivory tower, beautiful academic mindsets and frameworks that really seem good in, uh, in your, you know, your your university office on your university office whiteboard and then you know on your computer and then of course in the book you write um, really this is not that uh, this kind of grew organically from really about 600 innovation engagements I've done in the past 10 years with about 225 different companies and organizations mostly large corporations 
And um, that's probably in about 55 different countries. So in a way, this 20-part system, I tried to use both Pareto Principle and Occam's Razor and also the whole um, uh, mutually exclusive, uh, comprehensively exhaustive, all of those kind of rules of design and thinking and coming up with these 20. Um, and as a result, uh, it's what we've arrived at really is what I really believe is a system for innovation in big companies. And it is also takes the form of a set of 20 metrics. These are basically the things you need to do and measure and improve uh, in order to actually innovate. And the interesting thing about these 20, and yes, there are 20, uh, is that I've only included areas of innovation that I really believe if you don't do them, you, you either can't innovate, you're really gonna have a tough time. And of course, this system is uh, necessary but not sufficient because the real tough challenge is getting your mind around the idea that even if you do all of these 20 really well, it's still really hard to innovate, at least by my standards, which is when you're bringing something out into the world that is uh, different or new, establishing something in the world that is different or new and that has a significant impact. Uh, so these are the things you must do. And uh, the other side of it, though, is that I think it's kind of common sense, these things, in a way. I think a lot of them are fun, and I think somehow putting them together in a coherent system like this, I'm hoping, demystifies them a little bit and makes them a little less intimidating to executives who would, who are or would normally be uh, reticent or a little fearful about innovating. So anyway, with that introduction, uh, here we go. So if you look at the visual, I'm envisioning a left side of the visual. It's basically inside your organization. And the right side is basically the outside. And you can see there are, on the left side, you have four boxes running across the top and four boxes running across the bottom. Those are eight areas of innovation that an organization should do and measure and improve that essentially sit um, conceptually inside, um, inside uh, the organization. Hi everyone, Bill O'Connor here, uh, recording my 10th podcast of the year, kind of a wrap up the year uh, podcast. And what I'd like to talk about today is the innovation system uh, that we've been using to work with clients at the innovation agency in San Francisco, working with people here in the Bay Area and around the world. Um, and as I'm posting this, there's one visual if you're interested to follow along. There's the most recent version of the Innovation System Visual, which you can find um, uh, definitely on my uh, LinkedIn. It'll connect it to this, um, to this podcast. So this is relevant, I would say, to mostly to executives trying to innovate, particularly those that can influence the culture and mindset of a company. Uh, it really was developed mostly from an interaction with two specific CEOs, that I was working with um, uh, this past year. And um, if, as you can see by the visual, there are 20 elements to this system. And this is drawn on my work for the last 10 years with the Autodesk Innovation Genome Project in San Francisco, where we studied um, 350 innovations going back three and a half million years. Also, 24 years in Silicon Valley, working with startups, big companies, and also uh, Nobel Prize winners. We have a project where we're talking to Nobel laureates to see how they innovate. And we've talked to 11 so far. So this system really draws on all of that research and also on about 600 innovation engagements with about 225 companies from about 50 countries over the past 
10 years. So that's kind of uh, been my laboratory. And um, the etiology of this particular uh, technique is pretty interesting. Um, and as I said, it really came from uh, working with two CEOs, one in particular, uh, the head of an extremely large European uh, financial institution. And basically the idea was um, I had done a lot of programs and projects for them. And uh, I think I was helping to change the culture and get people inspired. But I was kind of honest with them. And I said, look, after I leave, you know, the people don't really do that much. They don't really keep trying to innovate and change the culture. And he challenged me to say, well, okay, what would it take? And partly as a result of that, I went back and I tried to create almost like the ultimate one-stop shop, fix-it-all tool that if you did this, use this tool, uh, you would innovate. So that's what I've tried to create. Um, and I do think that uh, it does have that kind of effect or has the potential to have the effect. So uh, with that, I'm going to um, talk about the innovation system from the innovation agency here in San Francisco. Now, I'm assuming if you're listening, you will look at the visual, which will be connected to this podcast and also uh, on the LinkedIn post uh, that I'm uh, using. So I'm assuming you're looking at the visual. Uh, I am not on purpose, uh, in part because I like to see if I can remember uh, my work, my methods, my techniques, insights, uh, partly because if I do, um, it sort of confirms that there's a natural shape to them. Um, and then, of course, any parts I can't remember, I will uh, translate that to, I wonder if other people will get those parts, and I will usually make some changes. But I'm assuming you're looking at this visual. So let's uh, start, and I hope you find this interesting. And this is really directed at executives and large companies trying to innovate, um, innovation professionals at those companies, innovation consultants, people trying to help companies to innovate, um, and also just anyone interested in uh, innovation. Uh, I always try to make my work as universal and timeless as possible. Um, so I think it would it'd be hard for me to pick or imagine um, any um, organization of any sort of substantial size that wouldn't benefit from uh, this technique. So here we go. So as you'll see uh, in the visual, uh, on the left-hand side of the visual is inside the company. That's the organization. And then on the right-hand side, and it's split right down the middle, is the environment. And um, inside the, uh, the company side on the left, there um, are 10 uh, boxes. And those are things, actually everything on this visual, really there are 20 things that uh, an organization needs to do and measure and improve over time. So you'll see that there are uh, four in the upper left, uh, and that's the sort of executive stuff. That's the stuff that leadership should do. Sorry about the traffic here. And then um, on the lower right, um, there is stuff to do with the people in a company, um, you know, spreading out throughout the company, not just leadership. Uh, and then you'll see four across the middle. I'll talk about that in a second. That's really the actual things you need to do to actually innovate. And then on the upper right, outside the company are four sort of ambient um, factors. And then on the lower right, you see sort of the benefits of innovation. And uh, even though these things are very different, um, you'll see that um, they are similar in a way that they're all things flipping it around. If you're not innovating, uh, I can probably point to, you know, many, I would imagine, of these uh, uh, essential elements of organizational innovation um, that you're not uh, you, you know, doing, measuring, and improving. So let's get started. Um, and I want to also point out, before I get into the 20 elements, uh, for each of these sort of boxes, uh, I am not going to be um, using, when we talk about measure and improve, so let's say I'm talking to you. Let's say you are a CEO, just to make it easy, right? So, or you run your own company. So if you're a CEO, what I would say is these 20 areas 
the way we measure them is not through objective data. Um, boy, is that a mistake. Another study just came out that showed that R&D, a big R&D or innovation investment um, is not correlated with innovation. Um, and, you know, I've, been, I've met so many innovation teams and people, and, you know, I know that many times I know they're not innovating, partly because they've told me, partly because I've done my research and my homework and talked to people, but um, they'll have all these statistics about what they launched and how much money went in and how many people. So in part, I don't care about input um, because input into innovation programs uh, doesn't really work. There are other things that are missing that, that would make it work if they were there. And it's not about objective things. So for each of these 20 areas, and I guess I'll start with the first one to give the example, um, let's say innovation mindset, right? What you will do, uh, Ms or Mr. CEO, is pick, um, let's say for example, you run a large company, billion dollars, 5,000 people, right? Um, you're gonna pick some percentage or, or some amount of people in your company. And let's say out of 5,000 people, you're gonna pick like 250 people, okay? And you're gonna ask them to rate the company, honestly, anonymously too. You're gonna ask them to rate, how's the company doing in uh, for element one, element two, etc. Now, I want you to picture. So this is you, the CEO, and you'll give the rating too, asking your C-staff, asking uh, vice presidents, right? Um, senior people, innovation types, innovation team, lab and fund leaders, um, but also anyone else in the company that you respect. You know, you're a CEO. You might know someone four or five levels, six levels below you that's just really smart trying to innovate, and that's actually a good thing. You might ask a certain percentage of them would be uh, young people that have just joined the company. So basically, you need a brain trust, and this is crowdsourcing. And what we're looking for, so I want you to picture, so let's say your name is Jennifer, you're the CEO, and um, you're going to ask 250 people, how are we doing in innovation in these 20 areas? And then you'll see at the end overall. Um, and you're going to ask, give this survey out anonymous once a quarter. So again, if you're the CEO, it's like you asked for it, you got it. This is going to hold your feet to the fire. And I want to make something clear. Jumping to um, uh, the other number, so what would it be? It would be 9, 10, 11. So launch, right? If you ask those people, how are we doing in terms of launching attempted innovations? This is another good example of why I don't care about the actual number. If I ask that question of the innovation team, um, and look, I've met so many great innovation teams and some not so great, um, but man, even the great ones don't have great answers to these questions. Say, how are you on launches? And they're gonna show me a project list. All right, that's not launches. They will show me things that they launched, and it's usually very rare, right? Um, and those are objective numbers, so they might say, you know, we're planning to launch this and this and that. So I don't want the objective number. What I would like is, so if you're the CEO, let's say uh, a director level person, um, let's say uh, he's new to the company, you want his opinion about how you're doing it in launches. So you see the difference? If the head of innovation says, well, objectively, we have launched uh, five uh, products and services in the last two years, Blah, blah, blah. Okay, that's fine. I like the higher level. So I say, good, that's the objective. Now let's get to the subjective. Uh, young director in the company, what do you think of that? And then that forces them to go, okay, I know it's four or five. I rate that, and you rate them one to 10, right? And each of the 250 people rates the company anonymously on one to 10 in those 20 areas, right? So this is kind of cool. For each person, you'll see they get a score one to 100, how they think the company's doing. And uh, the company also gets a score, one to 100. And keeping the math simple like that, um, you will uh, be able to see, uh, and actually the math just averages out because it's really 20 areas and you know, multiply by 10. So it's not, a, it's not 10 to 10, it's 20 times 10, but it doesn't matter. It's, it's, a, it's still a one to 10 rating per, uh, per um, innovation element. So I've sort of dubbed that the subjective expert um, uh, opinion. It's a different version of SEO, right? And even for senior people, like for example, 
uh, one of the things is innovation process. Now, if you ask the, you know, the chief innovation officer, okay, Bob, let's rate your innovation process. You know, Bob's probably going to give it a high rating because he built it with his team, and obviously there's some vested interest there. But you want to not go in and just hear objectively what Bob and team are doing. You want to ask again that smart director, or you want to ask. Here's where it gets really scary. Ask the product people what they think of the innovation process. In most big companies, they're going to give it a two or a three out of a 10, really. Ask um, the CMO or other senior people. They're going to give it maybe higher because they're closer to it and they've helped to shape it. Um, So I think you get the idea. So again, to wrap this section up, there are 20 areas that a company has to do and measure and improve to innovate. And what we're going to do once a quarter is ask um, some set of people, 250 is not a bad start for kind of a large company. We're going to ask them, how are we doing? One to 10. And you'll see, for example, if the whole set comes back, 250 people, how's the innovation mindset? And the average is like a three. The cool thing, it's not just an opportunity. It's really an imperative. You're the CEO. You know, you're supposed to make this better by the next survey and that's a three months from now so and the other thing i like about this so okay you have to say what can we do for mindset innovation mindset not to do programs and stuff what can we do that would make these same people who gave it a three when we ask them three months from now their subjective opinion they would give it like a five or a six and i hope you see how i'm excited about that because Again, if you're, if you're crowdsourcing it and it's a subjective opinion about the objective facts, um, you are really on the hook to do something that changes someone's mind. And that's really important. Because again, wonderful, well-meaning people doing innovation, but my God, they have so many statistics and they'll show you the list of projects and all that. And, you know, basically they're implicitly saying, aren't we a 10? Look at all this stuff we're doing. And the other side of it is they're not even doing all, close to all 20 that I'm talking about. Okay, so I'll leave this uh, here. Now I'll dive into the 20. But again, I'll reiterate that, uh, obviously I love talking about this stuff. Anyone listening wants to talk about uh, that rating system and why I went that way, happy to talk about it. But let's just take it as a given that you're gonna ask these people um, once a quarter how we're doing. So again, now let's say you are that director. you're, you're, you know, number 73 out of the 250. These are the 20 areas, okay? Now, the, the upper left there are, um, and it's funny, the order I'm going to show here, it's two things. It's the chronological order that I work with companies. That's one thing. And also, maybe not that surprisingly, it's also the right um, order to ask someone in the company, how are we doing? Now, I didn't necessarily expect that, but it just makes it easier that this, this uh, sequence is sort of consistent, at least for the work I do and for this measurement. Okay, so let's get to the first one. So you're a director, you're sitting at the desk in your big company, and I'm already laughing because if I'm picturing a director, you know, I'm 56 at this point, just about to be 20, uh, 2020, late 2019. But, you know, I'm picturing, I'm picturing a 35-year-old director, you know, just hot, uh, from a, just came in from a hot company, been at the company, our company, uh, where you, in this case, are CEO for about a year or two, just enough time to get their hopes dashed on the rocks of corporate innovation. So let's say you're that person. Um, so the first thing, um, you get this email, um, you've been selected, blah, blah, blah. And um, so you're basically being asked, now, for each of these 20, again, all I'm asking you for is your 1 to 10 subjective opinion. And don't worry about justifying it because, look, we've asked you to, um, to participate. We really just want your opinion, right? And we know it's based on facts, but also your instinct compared to other companies, etc. Things you expected and didn't expect. Okay. So the first thing is innovation mindset. So you say, well, what's that? I'll say things like, uh, does the company really have a sense of what innovation is. Famous business writer Peter Drucker once said, 
what gets measured gets done. Everyone talks about that, and that's fine. That implies that we know the definition of what's being measured and then hopefully done. Innovation is ill-defined at most companies. So, and by the way, too, um, delving into each of these 20, there are, um, uh, there's a set of bullet points criteria, which I won't go into now, it's just more detailed, where if you say, wait a minute, how am I rating innovation mindset? We say, here's five ideas for you. Think about these ideas. And that's for like the people, respondents. And then let's say the executives and you as the CEO are like, God, we got a two. There's also built into this tool a set of uh, techniques and programs that you can implement uh, to raise your score. Side note, um, having been working uh, as an innovation agency, uh, the innovation agency in San Francisco for about two years now, I am excited about the day when I can say to a CEO or someone, look, pay me X for now for the work, but really I would like to be compensated at least partially by your scores going up in these areas. Now think how that is interesting. If my job, if I get paid more, if in the course of a year I'm somehow, you're not convincing these 250 people, the brain trust, you're doing things that make them raise their uh, ratings and change their opinion. That's really interesting. I think that's good incentive for the executives of a company. It's also good incentives for me. This is not billing hourly time or programs. This is you saying, basically the CEO saying to an innovation consultant like me, okay, Bill, you know, you get some basic fees to get started and stuff, and thanks for the program, but, you know, he will also pay you more if, like, let's say our total company aggregate score for all of these uh, 20 areas, if it's a three, which is bad, it's like, Bill, if you can help us get it up even to five, you get X amount. So anyway, that's a compensation issue. But it really gets back to accountability in innovation. So anyway, I'm a little, little bit of a rant on that. Um, so anyway, back to mindset. So I'm going to go top level for all of the 20, so as not to make this uh, that long. So I'm going to say to you, all right, um, let's say your name is Robert, right? Robert, and the CEO is Jennifer. So now I'm talking to Robert, director. So Robert, how's the company doing on innovation mindset? And again, this is a bit schematic because in reality it'll be um, anonymous survey. So that means, does the company know what innovation is? Does the company really value innovation? Things like... Does the company reward attempts at innovation? Do they know that failure and risk are part of that? Um, do they understand a bit about the Silicon Valley mentality? So before I came up with the system, a lot of the uh, stuff in my presentation for 10 years has been, you could call it mindset stuff. So again, if the person, if Robert, the director, gives a low score, to the company, um, man, I have a lot of things that you can think about and do and hopefully get that number up, assuming that that number is consistent with other people. So innovation mindset is basically, how do we think about innovation? Do we, you know, do we care about real impact? Do we give resources to it? Does the CEO and other people um, give more than lip service when they're giving speeches, etc.? So that's basically a mindset. At most big companies, um, I would give an innovation mindset of between a three and a five, really. Um, and I also think that most people in a company would give it, some people would probably say two, two to four or five. So anyway, mindset is the first one. And also in terms of um, teaching and working with companies, I've discovered you have to start with mindset because you have to start kind of at first principles for innovation. And, you know, it used to be more polite about it and say like, oh, you've probably got your, sorry about the car, you've got your innovation stuff. And, but, uh, you know, just from doing hundreds of these engagements, um, I'm more comfortable saying, look, whatever your mindset is or you think it is, let's just start from scratch. I'll just tell you what, what I think a good innovation mindset is. But anyway, so the person gives a rating. Innovation mindset, one to ten. Now, the next thing you ask them is, okay, um, innovation metrics, that's the second box. And that is two things. That is, 
universal innovation metrics and specific. Universal are, are the 20 things we're talking about here. So it's a little bit meta, but you would ask someone, assuming this was in place for a while too, you'd say, listen, how are we on measuring innovation? And you specify in the notes of the tool, and what we mean by that is, are we measuring this sort of universal and timeless stuff in that 20-part system, and are we also good at measuring specific things in our industry? And of course we know, um, even though innovation has similarities across companies and industries, we also know that of course, there's specific metrics. A finance company is going to measure certain things about innovation, manufacturing, different, national government, etc. So you're basically asking, you know, the brain trust of 250 people, how are we on metrics? Do you feel we know what to measure? And again, remember, that's partly based on defining innovation, which in this cosmology is in the, um, the first box there, mindset. So you're basically saying to people, and again, subjective, you, Robert, the sort of 35-year-old director, do you feel we're clear on metrics? Are you clear on metrics, universal and specific? So you're going to get a ranking on that too. And I'll give a typical ranking for large companies. Um, back to mindset, I think, the, forget me for a second, what would the rating be? What's the average? I think people would say like a four. Actually, I'll do both. Uh, you know, large companies around the world, I think for an innovation mindset, people of many levels would say maybe like a four. I might give it slightly less, like a three, just because I'm more deeply sort of steeped in this stuff. For innovation metrics, I think people would probably go a little lower, like a three. Most people, even execs, are pretty confused about, what are we really measuring here? And um, that'd probably be my vote as well. So again, for the first two here, we're thinking about pretty low scores, but we'll see. Now, the third one is, um, once you thought about mindset and metrics, is innovation landscape escape, or innovation map. Now, this is a, um, a technique of the innovation agency, so it requires a little bit of education. And what that is, is basically you create a digital map that you update CEOs, they say, until you retire. And it's got everything on it that relates to innovation, not just strategy. It has to be innovation-related. And that's um, in four kind of areas. On the left is the company. On the right are the customers and prospects. Uh, the, on the bottom, that's uh, competitors. And the top is context, which is the world. And again, um, there are other essays and podcasts about this technique. But the idea is, um, what I think is you need some sort of a landscape or a map or an aerial view of the whole company's innovation efforts. Otherwise, people are reinventing the wheel, they're working across purposes, this politics. So, so if you just take it as an X variable that there's this need for an innovation visual, um, then we say to people, how, how, clearly is, how clearly is it uh, delineated, the big picture aerial view of innovation uh, for the company? So again, you're going to get some sort of a rating on that. Most companies don't really do that. I mean, even if they have wonderful PowerPoints and uh, Excel sheets about you know, the, their, uh, their projects, they don't really put them in a spatial uh, relationship, which I think is a missed opportunity. Okay, so three is the landscape. Four is innovation strategy. And you might notice, going back to me working with people, first, got to talk about mindset. Once they got a mind, mindset in place, they didn't talk about metrics, what to measure. Then you create the landscape, and then you, and only then can you create a strategy. So now you can just ask this question in general and say, you know, Director Robert, are you, do you think we have an innovation strategy? Are we clear on it? Sadly, I think about 1% of the global 2,000 largest companies in the world have an innovation strategy. I'm sort of running around trying to change that. Um, but, you know, really, if you ask this question of people, it's kind of like a one or a two because I know they don't have the strategy. And I think people know that. So, um, so at this point, Director Robert has rated uh, those four things. And you really think about it, mindset, metrics, um, uh, map or landscape, and strategy. Those are the purview of the senior leadership, the CEO and team.
Okay, so those are the first four. Now, so then Robert goes down and says, all right, what's this five at the bottom? And the bottom uh, four, five, six, seven, eight, um, are basically uh, skill set and then tool set and then inspiration and then innovation and then team. So now you're asking Robert and the rest of the brain trust, okay, now, uh, how do you feel one to 10 the company is at innovation skill set? Do we know how to innovate? Assuming, you know, we know some level of what it is, do we have the skills for it? Now, for me, some, some of that is, you know, general things like brainstorming and being open-minded and you can get more detailed with um, lean sprints and agile sprints and scrums and scrums and all that stuff. Um, you can do design thinking. That's part of it. But for me, there's a specific set of uh, five innovation techniques that, techniques that are essential that uh, I've discovered over the years. That's part of my consulting. So that's in some ways the remedy if this company gets a low score. Um, but you're basically asking someone, you know, do you have, Robert, the director, do you have the skills, the skill set to innovate? And do other people, do senior leadership have the skills, maybe not to innovate directly, but to inspire and empower innovation? So then he gives a, rank, a rating on that. Um, I think the average rating for that might be like a four because people will connect incorrectly mostly innovation skill sets with like design thinking and again that's way too much to go into um, why I don't believe that's true um, but you know I understand why those things are conflated but anyway the point is remember this is do measure and improve a company has to make sure that its people can do or doing uh, have skill sets to do innovation and then you measure that and again you're measuring the subjective like if a company puts on a design thinking workshop CEOs innovation types CINOs chief innovation officers might think well we did a big innovation training but that doesn't matter that could be BS you have to ask the people how do you rank your own skill set and skill set of your colleagues that's how you get the real score another something that's maybe pretty obvious here is it's comical and obvious and tragic at the same time. Um, if you ask, if you do concentric circle, CEO, C staff, senior leadership, you know, then like professionals, executives, leaders, all the way down to let's say directors, the scores get lower as you get further away from the CEO. What a surprise. They also get lower as you get further away from, drum roll, the innovation team. And again, I'm not really cynical about that. It's just, you know, people have a role in shaping something they're more apt to rate it highly because it's their work, right? But man, that's why this tool is important and you need this brain trust crowdsourcing mechanism because then you get the, really the real story. Okay, so Robert, the director, is thinking, okay, I'm going to rate uh, how are we as a company at innovation skill set? And I'm not going to be too harsh anymore. I'm just going to say, all right, I don't know, maybe that's like a, a three to a six. And then the next one is tool set. Now, this is about... Are we looking at and using the right technologies? AI, AR, VR, Internet of Things, down the line, quantum, blah, blah, blah. Um, and again, I always put that last. It, it goes mindset, skill set, tool set. You have the mindset first. Then you need the skill set. And then lastly, you get the tool set. One of the reasons is because innovation teams are technology happy, technology obsessed, drunk on technology, right? They think that if they're doing an Internet of Things project, that's innovation, and it's not. Um, man, do I have experience with this. Even some experience at Autodesk of people, very smart people doing interesting things. And, and, and usually nothing gets launched, frankly. And even further than that, if it's not launched, what's actually being established in the world? Usually very little. But so toolset, you're saying to Robert, are we playing around with the right toys, the right tools? Are we doing it the right way? Do you have the specific technologies and tools you need to do the work? Sort of two categories there. So he'll rate that. Let's say he gives that a, let's say we get lucky. He gives that like a six. Well, we got the right tools. My God, we have Innovation Lab and it's great. And all these smart people, you know, he might say, I'm rating the mindset and skill set lower, but we do have the tools, whatever. But you have to ask that question continually. I mean, if a company falls behind, if a company's in great shape, like at Autodesk during the heyday of uh, the CEO I worked for, Carl Bath, 2006 to around 16, I would give us a high rating for technology. We were playing around with all kinds of uh, technologies and doing it, I think, in a smart way. 
I personally would have given us maybe like a seven. Because again, for me, the technology is also related to are you applying it in the right way in the market, which I don't think we always were. But in terms of the pure tech, we were doing pretty well. Anyway, so you're asking Robert that. Now, here's the other one. Um, Robert, are you inspired? What's the one to 10? Now, a lot of people at the director level, you know, they're far enough away from the center of power to have some freedom, but they are also close enough to get some juice, if we can use the New York phrase there. Um, so, you know, inspired, you know, in companies that I've met. Uh, boy, this one can vary. I've met people who are inspired at like a one. They're like, oh, God, I hate this, man. Not inspired at all. All the way up to like a seven or an eight. There's a wide range here. And somebody, the practical people out there might be saying, okay, well, inspiring, Bill. What is this, like Kumbaya, Marin stuff? I was like, no. Um, I predict the following. Five years from now, when we have a lot of data on how these scores go up and down. I am absolutely sure, as they say on the West Wing, I bet all the money in my pockets against all the money in your pockets that when, for example, an innovation score at a company is low, you know what else is going to be low? Uh, launches and also successes uh, and all kinds of other things. I think there will be a correlation because if people aren't inspired, uh, that's going to really be a governor or a limit on a lot of these other things. And, and conversely... For example, if your company was like, oh, God, we got a two. Another thing I forgot to mention is this is like employee engagement surveys. This, is, this, this ain't rocket science, you know. At employee engagement surveys, you're asking at Audisk, and it was like, this is close to 100 questions. Um, you're just asking people 20 questions here, right? 20 questions. So anyway, back to inspired. So you're asking uh, him and 249 other people, how inspired are you to do innovation? And then you're also saying, yeah, and how inspired are the people around you? You really doesn't judge the company on this. So let's say you get a rating. Say Robert's relatively happy, you get a four. Although, as I said, the range really varies. And then finally, internally, the team. This is a judgment on the innovation team. This is where it really gets fun. So this is, you say to Robert, you know, conceptually. Um, so look, how is the leadership doing? By that, Robert, I mean the CEO, Jennifer, her staff, you know, innovation people, Maybe some product people. At Audis, of course, AutoCAD was critically important. You'd have to say that's a leader or team. Um, uh, so this is really a leadership team uh, 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 element. And you're asking them. And, you know, this is especially spooky for innovation types because, you know, a, a nice innovation, chief innovation officer person, uh, you know, they think they're doing a good job. They got lots of money, the gleaming lab, etc. Um, and of course, as I've said, when you see a picture of an innovation lab, invariably someone's riding a scooter and they're blurry. <laughs> it's like, they're so blurry because the future, they go into the future. And of course they're blurry. It's innovation. Um, but, uh, so the team, you're really saying, give us a one to 10 on the team, the, the leadership team, people doing the leading. And again, in the detail tool, it's like, we spell it out. That means CEO and staff, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, so that's really four at the top executive type things. And, you know, it gets more to, on the lower left, you know, uh, everyone in the company or people outside, really, the, the rings of power. So now let's move to the last two. It's be nine and ten that are still inside the company. But I want to really um, describe this as a foursome. It's really five foursome things here. And uh, the one in the middle you'll see there is... 9, 10, 11, 12, that's innovation process, projects, and then you jump over to the outside world, innovation launches, and innovation uh, innovations, which is innovation successes. And again, um, I recommend, if you're, if you're implementing this, to go in that order. You know, you should at least try to have mindset, skill set, tool set, and those other things in place, even if you're not asking people to rank them yet. Um, but this, these four in the middle, these four are the actual effect, the act, not the effect, the act of innovating. And you'll see how all that other stuff sort of sets it up. It's like the other stuff in a way is, you know, set, like if surfing, big wave surfing is innovation, that other stuff is like going to the beach and getting the board and checking the weather and all that. These four are the actual surfing when you're on the wave surfing. So the first thing is innovation process. Now, 
Um, that's basically you're saying to someone, Robert, the director, and other people, how's the company innovation process? And that means, do you know how to innovate? Do you know how to submit an idea? Is there places to get budget? How do you evaluate an idea? How do you find out what other people are doing? That's part of it. How are things launched? How is it communicated? How are things killed? How are things changed and pivoted? Things like that. Most companies, pretty low rating for this one. I think the average, depending, like the three to five. And this is the other sad thing. Even if I read a, meet a really smart innovation team that I like and I think they're doing a good job, and she's the you know, chief innovation officer, the head of the innovation team, and person that runs the innovation lab, and person that administers the innovation fund or venture fund, um, well, great. They might be thinking they're doing a good job, but generally you get out more into the hinterlands. Um, again, even down to director level, and people are rating the process low. So again, this is really important for senior leaders to hear. So I'm asking Robert, the director, let's assume he's trying to innovate too. How's the innovation process here? He's going to give a ranking. Then process begets number 10, projects. How are we on our innovation projects? Now, the five-part innovation techniques, uh, five techniques that I teach, um, sometimes you can put them down in skill sets, but they can also live in uh, process. So fortunately, the five techniques that I teach, um, the fifth step is projects. It, they, it generates projects, but in a more sort of robust way than most um, happens at most companies. But this is basically good. You know, independent of all that other stuff, how are our projects? Are we working on the right things? Do we have too many? Do we have too few? Are they being managed well? Et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So again, you get a one to 10. Now, I'd say in some companies, people would rate this as like a five to maybe a seven or an eight. Because in this case, people can say, well, you know, we have a lot of different projects going on. I would rate it slightly lower. Like if a company X, somebody gave it a seven, I've in the past probably more likely to give it like a five. Because again, I've got this other knowledge about how to generate projects. And again, go back to that innovation strategy, innovation map, right? Uh, actually flip it, innovation map and strategy three and four. Man, if you do that and then r judge how well aligned the list of projects is with those things, it's going to be, it gets ugly. So the other way to say it is um, I will rate um, projects. Um, I've got a dog here who's chiming in. So now I'm back from the dog break. I'm walking my dog while I'm doing this. Um, so what was I saying? Yeah, so for projects, um, most people say, yo, we have a lot of innovation projects. It's, that's about how much money is put in and the coolness of the projects. Um, I rate a project portfolio. Uh, I start with is in aligned with your innovation map, which is also about external context as well, and your strategy. Um, if you don't have those things, Right off the bat, I'm giving you a low score on the projects because you have no idea. You have, probably have a, de, you have a de facto map and, and, and strategy. I don't know what it is. I can't know what it is, even by talking to people. So you have to um, sync those things up. That's critical. Um, so, but anyway, so I think the, I would rate the, um, the uh, quality of, a, of an innovation uh, project portfolio sort of on two things. One, how aligned is it with the innovation map or landscape and the innovation strategy and also the corporate strategy, vision, mission, that stuff. And also other things like, you know, is it ambitious enough? Is it too conservative? Is it too crazy? Um, I forgot to mention too that in the strategy bucket, number four, I have a nine uh, continuum process where I basically ask you nine questions and where's your company on a one to 10? Where do you want to be? Things like you innovating at the core, that's around a one or at the edge, that's a 10. No right and wrong answers, but basically that gives me a DNA of how you are innovating or not or trying to. Um, and so, uh, again, for the innovation projects, and there's this guidance in the tool for this. So Robert, the director, I'm saying, I would say, you know, judge, judge it, take points off. Oh, more dogs. Take points off if you are, if you don't have an innovation strategy and, and map or landscape at the company. And also just what do you think of the list in general, right? So there's guidance on that. So now, finally, number, uh, what is it, 1911, we cross over into the, the terrifying world of the market. And as a side point, the difference between 10 and 11, it's a critical hinge point for two reasons. One I'll call the innovation garden versus the innovation jungle. 
And the second one is the need for a Chief Innovation Launch, launch Officer. C-I-L-O, that sounds like silo, I don't like that. So I throw an E in there, and that means Cielo, Sky in Spanish, just to be a little new agey. But anyway, it's a very real thing. So that transit between, okay, we've got a cool innovation project, and then, okay, we're launching it, that's an incredible gulf. And part of the reasons is that I figured this out six months, a year ago, innovation teams and companies, they think innovation is like a garden, and it's really a jungle. Like, think about their number 10. That's like a garden. How much control do you have in a garden? You can control just about everything. There's some weather and some pests, but, you know, you basically control everything. Certainty is high in a garden. It's calm in a garden. You know, that, that, the version of that is people playing around in innovation labs, right? It all feels fun and safe and like kombucha and ping pong tables because they don't go to 11, the jungle, which is when you launch something. That's brutal. That's politics. You got to fight with people that don't want it to launch because it's like they view it as cannibalization. When we just think of it as innovation, the market's going to hate it. Competition, it's much scarier to launch something and play around with something. So that's garden to jungle. It's a whole other thing. And I think um, if you've ever seen Game of Thrones, it's like the wall. I think the, this is the wall separating two big things. And you got to have a chief innovation launch officer standing on that wall between 10 and 11. And let's say his job is like, damn it, I'm going to launch things. The CEO, C-level position, um, he or she in this case, Jennifer, the CEO, is judging me on how am I doing with launches. And that to me is this whole other thing is are we launching in the right tempo and are the things at the right quality? And I have a whole other bit on that. So anyway, um, 10 to 11, that's, so you basically, now it gets really scary, right? So let's say Robert says, yeah, for process, like a four projects, maybe like a five, I think we're okay. Um, And then launches usually plummets. Most people will say to me, well, we don't launch anything, so I got to say at one. That's really true in a lot of cases, right? So um, launch is basically launch something, and it's got to launch something. If you say, if you give yourself a high rating, I say, oh, good, you're launching things at the appropriate tempo, like, you know, things launched per over time period, and the appropriate quality. You're not just launching incremental. You're not launching dumb things. You're not launching things you think are innovative, but they're just like to go against competition. Um, so, again, when I say to Robert, the director, give us a rating at the company for innovation launching, it's basically, do we launch at the right tempo? Do we launch at the right quality? Okay? Um, and, again, the next one is successes. This is not about success. It's very hard to predict. This is just launching. This is like good shots on basket, uh, right, in, in the NBA. You're going to miss half your shots usually, but, like, if you take a good shot, that's a good thing usually. So this is taking the shot. And then 12 is successes. How do we rate us on things we've brought to the market, 11, and also have succeeded, like the iPhone or like Airbnb? And this, of course, falls down. If they're going to rank even launching like a 2, which is basically we rarely ever launch anything and it's not that good, well, how many things are going to be established? That's probably going to be a 1. And this is, this is the funny thing. Uh, number 12 there, if you're a CEO, I would say, look, you should do all this other stuff. But if you do 12, I almost don't care about all the other 19. Well, that's not true. I don't care about most of the other 19. Um, because you're innovating. You're establishing things in the world. To some degree, who cares how you, you've done it? Now, that's a short-sighted view, but that just goes to show you that the thing that people focus on the least, which is establishing something in the world, that's the only real definition of, of innovation to me. So I'm going to wrap up this because um, it's getting a little bit uh, uh, long, but again, happy to talk more. So um, uh, process projects, launches, and innovations, that goes across the middle. Four things at the top you're asking uh, your Robert person and everyone else to. How are we on the customers? Sometimes if you play around with toys, you're, you're not really helping the customers that well. You've, so you have to have people saying, yeah, innovations, seven, eight, nine, whatever, we're really helping customers. Um, often I've seen people say, yeah, our stuff is too out there to help customers, so they give it a three. Or it's so boring that the customers are even bored. That's low as well. So you're saying to your people, how are we doing in terms of innovation helping customers? The next one. How are we doing with innovation helping uh, beat competitors? Is this depositioning them? That's critical too. Good. Your customers like it. It's innovative. You're playing with the toys, etc. But yeah, you're at parity with your competitors. That's not good. It's not really innovative uh, you know, if your competitors are doing it as well. And you can play around with those numbers. Sometimes you can have someone think, yeah, we're an eight on 
the customers, but man, we're low on beating the competition, or the opposite. Yeah, we're at a seven, we're really trying to beat the hell out of the competition, but we've ignored the customers too. So you need both of those. Um, actually, I skipped one um, uh, from memory. Ecosystem is the first one out of the gate. Was that 13, 14, 13? Yeah, ecosystem is about who you um collaborating with outside the company. Um, at Audis, we worked with Boeing and Nike and all these other places, Berkeley. Um, and that's about the uh, idea that um, innovation, it's almost never done with the right amount of external collaboration. I think it's almost too private or almost intimate an act, activity to let outsiders in on. Um, but that's a big mistake. So I would give you a high rating. Like at Audis, in the height of the Carl Bass era, I'd give us a high rating for ecosystem. We were you know, meeting with and collaborating with everybody. Um, most companies get pretty low on that. So ecosystem, what's the rating? Customer, company, and then the world. This relates to that inspiration thing. And I almost took that off, but then I thought, no. I mean, the world has some serious problems right now. So think about it. Let's say you do, so what is that? 13, 14, 16 is the world. If you do the first 15 correctly, but the, the people say, yeah, but we're, not, we're hurting the world, oil companies, tobacco, whatever, who cares, right? And that also will relate to inspiration. So you really want to know, you say, are we helping the world? How much are we helping the world? One to 10, right? Again, if the score is low, do things to, to change it. Do measure and improve, right? And finally, the last four down there are kind of the benefits of innovation. If you do all this other stuff right, right? Um, uh, one is reputation. Um, that's also, uh, you know, you could say that that's kind of a kind of buzz. Um, and then you've got, uh, well, actually, let's back it up at the end there. We're leading towards number 20, which is the overall score in innovation. And again, this is a very informed score because now that Robert, the director, has been through all this at the end, you say, how are we doing overall? He'll give a number, right? Most companies, they're going to rank it like a three to five. Um, uh, before that, 19 is like, okay, how are we aligned with the future? Now, think of it. If you could do all the previous 18 correctly, but if you're if you're at, if people say yeah we're not we're screwed for the future, we have a two or three, then you have to question everything else, and you probably question your strategy and landscape, right? Um, then going forward, uh, was it 17, 18, 19, 20? 17 is buzz reputation, and uh, 18 is financial revenue, profits, valuation. Buzz is so important. If you do this stuff, or even some of it well, you get a reputation for innovation, right? Um, Autodesk, when Carl Bass started in 2006, we had very little reputation for innovation when he left. I mean, partly it affects the next box too, because the market cap went from something like $3 billion on close to $2 billion in revenue to $21 billion. So that's the other thing, just the perception that you're innovating. Uh, we did innovate, but also the perception that we were innovating really raises your valuation. So anyway... Um, 17 is buzz, reputation. If you have a reputation for innovation like Virgin or Apple or those Airbnb are cool companies, people work with you, cool people want to work for you, you know, you have permission to do all kinds of cool things in the marketplace, brand extensions, etc. But the talent thing is really key. If you have a reputation for innovating, if you don't, you're not going to get the talented people. And then you're really in trouble, especially in this age of brilliant machines coming in. Um, so anyway, this hopefully people you say this to people, what's our reputation for innovation? They're going to sell you the buzz. Then there's the money. This is something that uh, this in this little box here, one out of twenty. This is what a lot of companies focus mostly on. How are the profits from innovation, revenue, and then profit and profits and valuation from innovation? Kind of hard to figure out, but it's but it's there. There's a real thing in Autodesk. But you're asking people. This is the cool thing. So Robert, how are we doing on? Um, how are we doing our reputation? He'll tell you his view because he's the one out there also talking to people. How do you think we're doing in terms of revenue, profits, and valuation? Now, he's not the finance guy, but he might have an opinion like, yeah, I'd rate us like a three because, you know, we, we launched enough things, but, you know, we only, we're a billion-dollar company. We only made $14 million in revenue. You know, again, it's not the numbers. It's what people think about the numbers that you also have to consider. So that whole box is financial. Robert, rate us 1 to 10. How are we doing on that? Valuation. If you would have asked me about Autodesk revenues in the early days of the call Bass Hour, I would have said we're like a 3. We get almost nothing from innovation, right? It, it would have been better down the line. Then, as I said, future. Are we in league with the future? Someone might say, God, we're in trouble with AI, so everything else is fine. 
but I rate us like a 2 because AI were doing almost nothing. And then finally, the overall score. Anyway, so I'm going to thank you if you listen to the end of this. Um, I'm going to leave it there. So the idea again would be CEO, etc., set up the dashboard, um, educate people about this, tell them January 1st, you know, whatever, when we come back, January 6th, we're going to ask 250 people in the company anonymously how we're doing in these 10 areas, like employee engagement, but this is for innovation. Um, we'll, we'll explain what we mean by all 20 and how the whole thing works, right? And so what do you do? Again, you're asking people quarterly, you get a score. And it's like, oh, God, we got a company score. We have the average of the score just around number 20, which is how we're doing as a company. Um, we have a score in each area. Then you can slice it by senior people, more junior people. As I said, the scores are going to go up the more junior you get. So I think this gives a, a leadership team a real uh, really technique or methodology or tool or process for seeing how you're doing, do measure and improve, how you're doing at this stuff. First of all, putting it together even as a list. You know, I created this, right? Um, this is my version of, a, of a, this big picture list. Putting that together hopefully gives some value. But then, you know, exhorting executives to do this stuff or at least do it to some degree and then measure and then improve. I think it's a real way not only to get scores up, but, you know, um, your CEO that's coming in, first thing you should see is what's our innovation, how do our innovation scores look like, right? Let's say on average you got a 5.2. Oh, boy, all right, maybe you want to bring that up. Or let's say you're at a place like Apple in the heyday of jobs, and um, the proper score for that would be like, damn, we have like an eight. But then Tim Cook came in, you know, in my opinion, not the greatest guy for that job. He's very operational. I would rate Apple as like a two right now for overall innovation. So, again, it's a way to not only get scores up. I mean, you measure them, and, but also to improve them and keep them up, keep them at the appropriate level over time. So anyway, thank you for listening to this. That's the innovation system from the Innovation Agency here in San Francisco. Um, and that's what we're working with clients to have a holistic view of how to really innovate. Um, and um, other than that, uh, Merry Christmas. Happy to talk to anyone about this stuff. And uh, have a great New Year. See you in 2020.